On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. There's a lot of news in the world today. News that might surprise you, startle you, upset, or maybe impress. News that's not always for the faint of heart. That's why the man who failed his way to success, Heath Oaks, is stepping up. Tackling today's headlines with ignorance on fire in a way only a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with your host, Heath Oaks. Whenever it's a gray, dreary kind of day... Nothing is better than having your beautiful wife with bright colors just brighten up the room and make it a whole lot less dreary and gray. You know, look at you, your bright orange lipstick, your blue dress, all, Thanks, it's all great. It's true. Heath, normally you're the one who comes into the studio dressed to the nines with uh, the colors ready to impress yeah. and blow the rest of us out of water. Jenny, congratulations. Oh, thank yeah. you. You've ascended the throne. Thank yeah. you. Well, I couldn't, I yeah, usually I show up in yoga pants, so I had to. Well, the yoga to, pants you know. are good, too. You should put the yoga pants with my face on them. Y'all, y'all oh seen the... I, I bought her yoga pants with my face all over them. I don't know if I, sh- I should use this time now that you're both sitting here to compliment you or scold you. Like, come on <laughs> now. You shouldn't Definitely have Definitely scold. <laughs> that was her Valentine's Day present. Cool. Yeah. Well, it, no, pretty pretty, pretty original. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious. Does Heath normally get gifts like that? Was that a surprise? That was... Well, the first gift he ever got me was a pair of camo yoga pants. Really? So, well, you have a theme. The weird <laughs> yoga pants. Well, I wanted camos to get a little redneck in her. You know? Yeah. Um, no so he's actually an excellent gift giver. He always gives really on point, well thought out, researched by asking my friends <laughs> yes, gifts. Always so know where to go. Yeah. Also, friends. there's a, the occasional yoga pants with his face on. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have some fun, right? Have you have you worn those to like class or? I've not. I, in fact, in public, I told really? him. So I have a lot of different workouts that I love to do and I actually have a background as a personal trainer so I love yeah. to try everything out but bar method is one of my favorite workouts yeah. and so I, I've been trying to get him to go with me to bar method forever uh-huh. and I said if he goes to bar method I will wear the Heath on Heath face yoga <laughs> pants Heath. oh yes yeah. 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 those are great I love them I, I think they're them. awesome so are you yeah. going to do it babe yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. he said it on the podcast. Now it's yeah. got to happen. Yeah, 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 exactly. Find out more next week. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Zach, this first headline, we got to hit this some up because this one, these are, these are good. I'm, I'm excited yes. about these today. Uh, security footage shows robber getting stuck in a pair of sliding doors. <laughs> this happened in Melbourne. Uh, a bunch of detectives were investigating a burglary at a Melbourne bookstore. Apparently, at some point in the evening, a uh, man happened across the security camera, it, 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 the security camera angle, I should say, at this Melbourne bookstore, tried <laughs> to slide the doors open to get in the bookstore uh, got him halfway open and got stuck and just kind of hangs out there for a minute he does end up getting through the doors uh, to be fair um, but he, he's definitely there's definitely some good footage of a man just stuck in a door like, like just trapped like in between literally got caught halfway through doing the crime yeah pay, caught with your pants down it's fantastic so you can go to the show notes and we gotta have a picture we gotta have that picture in the show notes so you can go to the show yeah. notes and find it because it's hilarious so think about this imagine this imagine the elevator imagine you're getting on the elevator and you try to put your whole body in, in, in the middle of the elevator to stop the doors from closing and so the doors close but they just close on you and you're stuck like that that's what this guy looks like trying to rob <laughs> 
rob the store. It is. Can you imagine going through his head like he's trying to rob the place, got it open, and he's just sitting there stuck like. Like, I would think the, this is the last, if my friends see this, um, not like me going to jail would be more so like my friend's going to make fun of me for getting stuck. Right. There's definitely an element of um, foolishness here because oh, you yeah. would think, especially if it were somebody like me, if I made the decision to burglarize an establishment and <laughs> yeah. I got stuck in the doors, you got one, you got two ways to go. You can either keep going or you can get out of there. Yeah. The guy kept going. I'd have bailed. I'd oh, have been yeah. like, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> I got stuck. Technically getting stuck in a door isn't a crime. I yes. haven't done anything wrong yet. <laughs> I can still get out out of here and make it out okay um so yeah wait so he was successful in his crime apparently they're still looking for him so somehow he, he got, got away out. though oh. they they did mention uh there is some really awesome footage of him trying to get the safe out of the sliding doors so he's stumbling around there with that the guy's, still trying to well, get yeah, he's the guy's definitely like gonna get caught one of the then. three stooges yeah. yeah honestly this this article came out uh just a few days ago, I bet he's already busted. Yeah. Who are we kidding? So I, I when I thought about that, I thought I, I just kind of kind of hit me that you know. How many times do you feel like you're just stuck in life, right? Like, like, do you get stuck in situations, right? Are you stuck in a bad situation, stuck in a great situation, just stuck in general, right? Like, like you're in quicksand, like you can't get out, the doors are closing on you, right? And and what what to do to get unstuck, right? Like, like how to get unstuck out of situations. And I just thought that's such a good metaphor, you know, that, that, that when as soon as I just mm-hmm. saw that picture, I just thought, like, man so many people get stuck and, and don't move. So have you ever felt like that in your career? You you know, you moved around quite a bit and then you've been in your current position for what, four and a half, five years? Yeah. Have you ever felt stuck? Uh, I'm not gonna say I felt stuck. I've, I have felt, um, you know, in currently with what I do, it's not that I felt like I was stuck between two doors. I felt like I was moving slow. Uh-huh. Like, I, like, cause I didn't, it's, it's, I never, I've never felt like I didn't have any other option to get out of it, right? So I might have felt like I was plateauing, but I didn't feel like I was stuck, like there was nothing I could do. So what did you do to continue progressing? Now, I have been stuck in many situations. I have felt stuck in a lot of situations um, in, before I came to Colonial and stuff and my moves, moves there. Like, um, you know, whenever back in, in the day, whenever I started my first agency and the guy... Um, you know, screwed me. I, overnight, he, you know, signed uh, my name to signature to one check where all of our commissions stopped flowing in overnight and built up this big agency, my name on a building, my own building, 15, 20 reps out selling, rocking it out, and money stops overnight. I definitely felt stuck. I felt extremely stuck because I felt like, number one, I felt stuck because I couldn't get pay my people, right? Because that, that money was supposed to come through all for them too, right? And then I was stuck trying to pay bills. And I felt like, there was nothing I could do, right? Like, I mean, I didn't have the money to go get a lawyer to go sue him, so what am I going to do? And I just felt completely stuck in that situation. And instead of sitting around um, in a pity party for myself, I just immediately picked up the phone, started calling insurance companies, which led me to Colonial Life to find somebody else that I could go work, start selling for to try to get money in my pocket, my people's m- m- pocket, and I'd figure out what I could do with that situation later. So, you know, I didn't let it, like um just paralyzed me you know i i wanted like my why was bigger it honestly wasn't even the why wasn't as big about me getting paid as much as it was that those 15 people walking are gonna think i'm the one that did them wrong yes you know when so it's up to me and so instead of being paralyzed i just decided to move forward and find something which led to the best career move of my life so in terms of getting stuck (laughs) 
I, th- I think it's funny that we're now taking this weirdo <laughs> sliding yes. through the glass doors and then talking about our careers and getting stuck. But uh, I'm a big list person. I mean, I'm a writer just, you know, by nature, I guess. And I think a lot of people talk about a pro and a con list. But think about it when you when you talk. Do, are you actually doing yes. the list? Yes. Because you kind of think about it. What are the pros? What are the cons? What are the you know? There is something about putting down on paper, specifically when you feel stuck. If you're feeling like, man, this is a dead-end job. This is a dead-end whatever situation. Pro and con list has has taken me What do you mean by the pro and con list? Through so many things. So what are the pros of the situation? Okay, that you're stuck in, that you feel stuck in. That you feel stuck in. What is good about it? Yeah. And then the cons, obviously, what you don't like about it, what, what... what is bad about it. So that's not specifically going to the stuck situation, but it's helping to get some comfort in the situation you are in, right? Because you still have to live in it. So for example, pros, um, I like my hours. Am I getting paid? Yes. Am I safe? Yes. You know, do I have insurance? Yes. Whatever those things are. The cons, the con list is so important because it helps you evaluate what could be sticking you there. Yeah. And sometimes you don't need to move out of the situation, but sometimes you need to be thankful you gotta, for the things you do have And you got to change your it. attitude, yeah. You know, and change your attitude and think, wow, are they paying me? Someone's paying me to do this? Zig Ziglar has a story like that in one of his sayings back in the really? day where a lady walks up to him at a deal saying, you know, I hate my job. It's the most horrible thing in the world and all these things. And he said, well, tell me one good thing about it. He said, I just told you everything was horrible about it. He said, do, do they pay you? Well, yeah. And do they do this? Well, yeah. And so are that not something that, that's good about mm-hmm. it? And 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 so um, Ziegler said, look, what I want you to do is go write down um, every single thing you can find good about it. She goes, I just, he goes, no, you got to write down everything good about it. And you say those things every single morning before you leave. And um, about, you know, six months later at another deal, she was there and come up to him and said, um, you'll never believe how everybody changed at work. <laughs> Oh, when, that's what, right. That's yeah. right. That's right. When all it really yeah, was was that. her <laughs> attitude, her eyesight on what she was looking at, because just so happened she was paid pretty well. She had great benefits. She had all these things to be thankful, grateful for. Right. And it got her unstuck. Right. She was felt like she was stuck in that hole of that job that was horrible, where she just changed her mindset. So I think part of being stuck too is not is knowing that you don't want what you have, but not knowing what you want. Yeah. And I've gone through that a couple of times in my career, is thinking, you know what, this I you know, this is good, but is it my be all end all? I don't know. But it wasn't until I did the con list that specifically specifically what you know and that's not about being negative that's about what I would like to bring into my experience what what is it that I would like to have as a, a part of my whole environment yeah giving the to, example to of give you work. a clear picture of what to look for yes because sometimes people say okay. what are you looking for you yeah. know and and you sort of cater what you're looking for to whatever that hiring manager you know has to offer but you kind of you know kind of like uh lukewarm on it the only way you're going to find that exact role is by clearly defining what it is that you do want. Yeah, that's true. And, and not many people know that. Right. Goals are an abstract thing. They're not real. You can't go out to a store and buy a goal and take yeah. it home. Like, it's it's an abstract concept. When you write these things down, you make it tangible. Yeah. You make it real. It's something you can look at and you can cross out when you're done with it. Like, And that's important because I think it, we... We end up with these kind of like abstract horse blinders in life. We yeah. like where we're at. We like what we're doing. We know where we're going somewhere. We feel like I- I'm in a good spot. It's easy to lose track. Yep. And when you keep track of it physically, it means something. Yes. Yeah. And I think that feeling stuck or feeling lukewarm on a situation 
can almost be worse yeah. than being in a bad situation. I think yeah. so too. Because it's undefined. You're just not sure. You're just right. kind of floating and floating. It's like, at least when things are really bad, you know, I want out and I want this. Yeah. It, it forces you to define your goal. When you're eh, sure. then you need to go out and, you know, do the list. No, I, you're a list person. I, I, I argue that's what makes finding a job so difficult because a lot of times you don't hear anything back. And it's that not knowing. It's that waiting. Like, totally. It kills you. You just don't know it. So, so this is what I would say is that if you're stuck or if you're feeling stuck in anything, the worst thing to do is, is to remain stuck. You don't have to go run sprints forward, but just move. It's that door a little bit further away from feeling stuck one at a time, 10% at a time, 10% at a time. Move forward in some way, and like she said, write down the pros and the cons to get a clearer picture of what you want. I think these things will really help you get unstuck in any situation you're in. And But we're going to come back with some even better ones at the second segment of Second Shot. Come right back. He's a suit-and-tie kind of guy with deep southern roots. Keith Oaks hosts more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. You guys have been listening to Second Shot and hearing us talk about it. You need to go pick up my book, Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Felling Your Way to Success. You can get it on Amazon in a paper book. You can also hear this beautiful voice of mine in audiobook style on Audible or anywhere you're going to get your audiobooks. Guys, this book took a lot of time to put into it, and I believe it can really be some life-changing stuff to help you on your path to success. And hopefully you're going to fail your way to success just like I did. Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Felling Your Way to Success. Amazon.com, Audible.com, audiobooks, paper books, everything. Get it, share with your people and I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Go pick it up today. Ready? Aim. Fire. Second Shot is back for another round on RNCN. Back for another round on RNCN. Another round. My, my, my voice is not as good. You do not have a future as an announcer. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. That's no way, no. No way, no. <laughs> That's no way, no, Jenny. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. What are you How many about? accents are you gonna do? I have a. Did I do a different one? That's pretty <laughs> no, cool if no, I did. No, I was about say, it. It's. I really don't do that. I mean, this one can't even stop looking at her phone to be on like this podcast for like two seconds. You're looking, looking down at it. Got mm. her. Got her. Got her. I'm staying engaged. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> with the audience, with you the are. internet audience. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> the Stay only time connected. that we really felt the most disconnected from our devices when we went to Bora Bora. Yeah. And let me just say, Bora Bora, the most beautiful place you've ever seen on earth. Mm. Hands down. I, I mean, the, the, the pictures do not do it justice because you always think the pictures are filtered somehow. But there was just amazing. But it's so far away from everything it's hard to even get service at all there, right? Yeah. It's yes, and the it, pictures are truly hashtag no filter. I yeah. mean, it is there. It's it's breathtaking. I I wrote a really, uh, what I think was one of my more inspired blog posts though there because I didn't have access to yeah. you know texting people and all that kind yeah. of. Well, stuff. and you're sitting on a on a hut over the <laughs> most clearest blue water with the most beautiful mountains in front of you, so remote from everywhere. I mean, that place was awesome. It was just next level like you got the hut with the clear floor that you can see oh, the man. ocean under you stuff it was amazing i know we've asked before on the show but how do you two handle that getting disconnected from your phones you take it okay or is it like ptsd i gotta have my phone or i'm gonna flip out it's, she's gonna be much more problem with that than me. yeah but after a few days yeah. everybody settles out it's yeah. just it's the first like oh, yeah. 30 minutes well and uh <laughs> 
<laughs> or maybe thirty, 30 days. No, yeah. no, 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 it's just no, no, no. it's the I mean, first. It's, fine. it's the first little. You bit. lie to your friends. I lie to mine. We ain't got to lie to each other. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I can't claim to navigate anywhere without the internet. I will say that. Right. But uh, it's the pressure sometimes, though, of being expe- working in news and in broadcast media. It's yeah. like to to be posting nonstop. And, and just because I really I take it seriously, the people who follow my page for news, I take it very seriously that they follow for news. So yeah. I don't want to miss an update. So sometimes I'll let them know, hey, yeah. I'm going to be off for a while, just because it relieves me of the pressure. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's just you know I want to serve them. Well, and it goes to another level now. Being parents, it's like we got we had a trip coming up, and we're, I'm I'm not going to be able to, we're not going to the second part of it because it's going to be on a cruise ship out there, and it's like. You don't get reception or any of that, and having a less than a one-year-old and not being able to be yeah. in contact is something yeah. happening that changes things now a little yeah. bit more. But um, I can disconnect much better. Um, and, huh. and, and, and well, much that's easier. very nice of you to say about yourself. It's saying a lot because you have two phones. <laughs> I know, yeah. but, but Jenny only has one. She's would you, still hope for her. But I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm you I'm, do yes, like on dates and things like that. When we're doing stuff together, he's that. he yeah. definitely puts it away. He definitely has yeah. good boundaries. I love the new trend that people are doing, where everyone puts their cell phone into the middle. If it's a group of friends, and the first person to pull the phone pays for the tab. Ooh. No, that's a good idea. Because of course, <laughs> a, even when you're out with idea. friends, <laughs> but you know how when you're out with friends, people pull out their phones, and all of a sudden you realize I just spent dinner you know time with these people in two hours of my life and i don't know what's going on with them yeah 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 so i like that that's yeah. not bad we should probably get into the yeah, headline. yeah sorry i was curious how you two vacation yes <laughs> the headline is the untold story of how a gaming geek with a checkered past pulled off the biggest lottery scam in u.s history this is a five-page article i'm gonna try to sum it down for you here it is a man named eddie tipton born in texas was living in iowa and he was working for the multi-state lottery association out there multi-state lotteries in multiple states and eddie apparently didn't see this as more of a crime but just kind of a personal challenge wanted to see if there was a way he could kind of scam the system and win he was curious the odds are five million to one and working at an organization like that he said well maybe there's a way i can slim that down just to see if i could so he ends up writing a bit of code sticking it in there and kind of keeping things running in the background for a while until eventually it happens out he wins a prize he won like 24 million dollars or something in Colorado. And then after that, it was like, well, it's so easy. I can just keep just going. Keep, just see, just to see how long I could get away with yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And and suddenly before you know it, you're a criminal, which is well, and what unfortunate. He, he wrote this code to where it would pop up on two days a year. Right. And so he knew that that was coming and had his family and everybody getting involved with it. And obviously over time they caught on when they look around and everybody that, that this guy knows is winning the lottery when the odds are not good. And it goes, you know. Some don't seem right here, right. And, and they end up busting him, obviously. Right. He he managed to limit his odds of winning down from 5 million to 1 to 200 to 1, according to this, which to him was like, well, that's still, I mean, what are the odds? Yeah, right. like, 200 odds to are one, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. win. Yeah, it's still. Um, well, that he, made, he, he gave him 200 uh, um, number variations, <laughs> and they bought 200 tickets. Right, and then, then you win. That's yes. how that works, yeah. Um, so what's, what's the angle here? You know, when things seem too good to be true... They typically are. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, we don't, it, too many times it'd be opportunities business-wise, or maybe it's a, you know, building some personal relationships with, with people in general, right? And 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 you, you get that old feeling of something, this seems so good, right? This seems, or, you know, how many people come pitching these ideas and, and, and pitching those things of things are so good. And sometimes when they are too good to be true, you know, that old saying people say, and I go, because uh, somebody was asking me, go. How do you know when it's somebody that genuinely just wants to get to know you, 
and are interested in you versus wanting something from you? Or how do you know that the opportunity somebody's coming to you? Because being somebody who invests in a lot of different things, a lot of people come to me with all of these things to invest in. Yeah. And they're always like so great and awesome, right? And it's like, how do you know when it's too good to be true? Like, how do you know? So what do you, when people come to you with mm-hmm. these sorts of ideas, is there sort of a vetting process? Do you say no to all? Do you take a meeting with all? What's the process to find out? If I always good? think, I always believe that one of the best ways to figure out if something's too good to be true, right? Let's just say um, if somebody comes to you, the business opportunity, right? The first thing I always ask is, I need to know the ways it can fail. Tell me the bad thing about what's the downside? How many bad things can go wrong here? How many angles that is, right? And if that person gives me that, um, you know, I'm well, too. There are I'm, none. Oh, you it's know, too it, good to fail. No, yeah, no, oh, no, oh yeah. no, they'll give this one. The or or they'll go. Well, I'm just, you know, my downside is I'm so humble. Right, like they give those type of uh, <laughs> those, job those type questions. of responses. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm too honest. Yeah. Too, I work I too hard. And right, so yeah. somebody in the in the business deal will, will tell you. Sometimes will go, well, you know, people just think it's too good to be true. Is the bad side, right? Like those type of typical answers. Those are the ones where you know to run, because this person is either just taking other people that has fed them and they're not vetting them themselves, um, or they really don't have a clue. Because there's always downside. There's always risk to any situation. And I'm 100% fine with risk. I'm, a very, I'm, I'm very much so open to risk. I just want to know what that risk is. So if somebody can't give me the downsides and the things they look into, then they haven't looked into it enough because they don't know it. If people can't tell me the bad things, the downside, then I'm out. Because they're not digging enough. Right, right. And, you know, and a lot of people will encounter this with, you know, sort of the work from home type deals or they just invest yes. this small amount of money and it'll become this amount of money. And so I think that's why. And I'm like, advice. just be honest. Like, yeah. say, say it's a state, say it's a, a, at home business somebody's coming to you about, okay? They're, they're not, I, I'm, I'm not like saying that none of those work. They do work, but it's just, here's what they sell it as. Right. Oh, pay this little bit of deal, work part time and make full time money. That's not, a, there's no such thing. So, if you, you know, if somebody was pitching me an at-home deal again, look, if you, you're not going to make it rich over this, you're not going to place your job, but if you wanted to make an extra 10 grand a year or so, this is a pretty, you know, by doing X, Y, Z with this, you can make an extra 10 yeah. grand a year. Well, that seems much more uh, um, um, believable to me. The other thing is, is that when you're getting to know somebody, um, if they're always telling you all the good things about them, that's a really thing that can give you a pause to realize maybe this person isn't what they say they are because if somebody's tells you nothing but all the good things how about how great they are then they you know i've always said you know you, you don't have to tell people how great you are your actions and others should be telling everybody else how great you are and that's how you know the difference of somebody who's truly um great versus somebody who is arrogant and egotistical and thinks they are you know mm-hmm. so i always look at it in situations that seem too good to be true in any which way shape or form but you're trying to find out the real answers to things You've got to dig into finding the opposite sides and let them tell you. Because if somebody can't simply explain to you something in a very simple format, then they don't understand it well enough. I think ideas should be weathered. They should be able to weather the storm. I think you're your own worst critic and you're also your own biggest fan. If you've got some brilliant scheme to make everybody rich or whatever, be able to sit down with that idea and have people punch holes in it. 
yeah. and see how much water it can hold. Yes. Yeah. Is it possible and how and what can go wrong? Have a devil's advocate that can sit down and be like, what about this? What happens if this happens? And if me. you can, yeah, and if, it, if your idea can weather the storm, if you can get through it and at the end of the day it still holds water, but, but you got you got a winner, and, right? And here's the thing, though, is if you're not if you if somebody can't explain to you that 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 means nobody's done that. So that means they're running it ahead steam. Because look, I am in in, in mine and Jenny's marriage. I am the person that would I'm preaching to myself here because I am the one that would uh, bet everything we got on something that I just found out about not researching enough, right? <laughs> The good, th- the good thing is, is that I am the devil's advocate. Yeah. So the good well, thing is, yeah. Jenny is the one that will ask all of the good questions. She's a reporter, you know, dig into everything, ask questions. Yeah. Um, so that's brought a great compromise to my risk, right? Like, like before, I would just do all these things, and and a lot of them didn't work out. Now I'm much more defined with it because I know I've got to bring it up to my wife now since we're one, um, and she's going to ask me a lot of things about it and. I can't just go it's just because you know because it's right. you know we, we what's mine is hers what's hers is mine so we, we got to talk about this thing yeah and it has helped me out tremendously sure um in this area and so those asking those questions if they can't give you the downside then they haven't done anything to figure that out right you got to be able to re- remove yourself from that equation if you're if you're asking heath about some new venture and heath goes come on don't you trust me wrong answer R- thank you no yes. yeah that doesn't work <laughs> that like, doesn't you work. have to trust the idea like yes. the idea has to float so yes yeah. well and my take on this was just you will always get caught yes <laughs> you know you will always get caught and if somebody yeah. else doesn't catch you you know what you did and don't you have to be able to sleep at night right. yes it's so true. You know, like, oh, that's a ta- it's just a tangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and people don't really ever think they're going to get caught. Um, and they try to start off with one little inch and it turns into a mile. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think that if you also, you know, in, in, in looking for relationships, right, building relationships, um, always look for people that aren't just telling you all the good about them or, or what it is, you know. Like, look for people that are just being genuinely, you know, honest and, and things of that nature would be great relationships to build in your life and, and kind of help you decide about who to really connect with and who not to, you know? I mean, it's, I think it's very important for not to be self-deprecating to yourself, you know, but to, look, another big word? Did I say that right? Self-deprecating. Self-deprecating to yourself doesn't really make sense, but yes, but self-deprecating <laughs> I is I was a close. Word. Just, I, I, I said it right, didn't I? Like the word I The word, it? yes, the phonetically. Good, good. good. Wow, I, I, didn't, I didn't go that far. I was just like, yeah, you did it. Way yeah, to yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. you know, there's a difference of beating you yourself. You've got some checks and balances you, over here. Yeah, you don't need to be beating yourself up, right? You don't talk about all the bad things about yourself, okay? Yeah. That, that's what I want. But just being honest with yourself, and if you find others that are being honest about with themselves then usually you have a better that that's a great gauge to start gauging the trust that you can have with that or a business investment or business topic they should be able to really give you a lot of the risk and a lot of the downside that shows that they've looked into it enough you know what i mean yeah so um we've got a lot of good um, listener questions coming up on the third segment here in just a minute we'll be right back Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Keith Oaks still to come. To all my friends in the great state of Texas, if you have not taken advantage, I have a way to save you a ton of money. 
I have saved over about $3,000 in the last year, and I have no hassle. Go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code Second Shot. Now listen, promo code Second Shot, and you're going to get a free month just for signing up and saving a ton of money. So don't be crazy. Stop sitting around talking about is this the real deal, and go do it right now. Energyogre.com, promo code Second Shot in a free month. Thanks. Go get it now. Run. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot on RNCN. I have to say, I think this is one of my favorite episodes, um, my favorite segments of every episode, because I love listening to the questions that our listeners have. You know, it's always interesting to see what they pick from things and, and different headlines they bring in. You know, we've had some really great ones with the dad and the son that the school, like that was one of my favorites. Yeah, I, yeah. I just thought that was awesome that... Um, the younger audience is really listening as well. Um, I hope that we provide a platform that young, old people all in between can all provide some value and content. So we always appreciate the emails from the questions to just the, hey, want to tell us what you think? It's secondshotcast at gmail.com. They are much appreciated. Um, first one, first one up, we got from Hayden Griffin. Hey, Cast, I'm a big advocate of the show and all you do. I just had a quick question. In sales slash business, what is an efficient and effective way to show a prospect that you care for them rather than just gaining a quick sale? I work hard to be truthful and caring, but as financial advisor, it is hard to portray that to some people. It is hard to portray that to some people that put up a wall. Thanks for your dedication, putting out good content week by week. Talk soon. So, it works hard to be truthful and caring, but it's hard to sometimes portray people that put up a wall. Yeah, because people are kind of like, oh, man, what are you Self-part. trying to sell me? Mm-hmm. Well, especially like, in business. Yeah, I mean, you right. automatically, you're like, you're wearing your business kind of Well, in sales, in, yeah. so especially, I'll speak, I'm speaking straight to sales on this, because guys in sales, financial advising, that's really what they hit. More people put up a wall with a salesperson than anything, any other kind of thing there is. Everybody, look, here's what's funny. Everybody wants to buy something, but nobody wants to be sold. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like you walk into to JC Penney's and you're looking for pants, but you ain't never been there before. And somebody says, can I help you? And you go, no, I'm just looking. And so you spend extra 10 minutes trying to find the pants. When if you just said, I'm looking for pants and that person could have showed them and saved 10 minutes of your life, but you're too scared to be sold. Yeah. Even though you want to buy something, it doesn't make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. So in sales, one one, one of the biggest things is, is to get the wall down of your customers. I mean, you got to get a wall down. You got to get people from being, you know, guarded and everything. And I'll tell you this, Hayden, that that in my opinion, in getting people's walls down is not trying to sell them stuff. Like, and what I mean by that is ask questions. Sometimes salespeople come in and sit down and go straight to, well, let me tell you all the things we have. I, if you screw up the whole sales process, one thing that you must always do starting off is have some kind of a discovery sheet of things, of questions to ask a customer to get to know them better in order to figure out a way that your products can fit with them or not. And so one of the things that, that I always do is you also got to relieve their fear. So in what we do, for instance, we uh, sit in front of a business owner and we're going to try to sell a business owner why to offer our products to his employees versus somebody else, right? The number one thing we do as soon as we sit down is I say, you know, so we'll role play it real quick, Zach, sure, and, yeah. and I'll give you the, the, the psychological part behind this, um, which is, Zach, thank you for taking, you know, the time with me today. I know you're super busy as well as I am. And just so you know, 
I'm only going to take five or six minutes here, and I'm going to ask you some questions to get to know your business. And what I'm going to do is, is look, if I get through these questions in five, six, seven minutes, and there's nothing I can do to help your company, if I look at it and don't figure out there's anything I can do to help you, look, I'm going to pack up my bag, shake your hand, and tell you you're in good position and walk out of here. Now, if I find something that I can help you with, what I'm going to do is, is make sure I understand it properly. Then I'm going to go back and tailor a package just for you that fits your needs and tell you what that is and then come back and meet with you. Does that, that sound fair enough? That sounds completely reasonable. So what I do right there is I drop the guard of I'm going to be here for 45 minutes and tell you the complete company history of everything that we've done and I'm going to take up your whole day. Okay. Second is I'm not going to just, you know, single shot at you all these little, all these things that we do and how great we are along been there. I'm trying to get to know you. And if I can't find anything, I'm going to be out of your hair. You're going to bring the guard down. So I would tell you, Hayden, I would ask questions and let people tell people the process. Once you like, like if you're sitting down with a salesperson, the unknown puts a wall up. So as a salesperson, what you should do right away is immediately tell them the process to put their fears down. They got a wall up thinking it's going to be forever. All these things. Give them the heads up. What? How pointed are these questions exactly? For example, like to, to bring it down to, to my yeah. level, if if uh, if a door to door vacuum salesman comes yeah. by and he's asking questions, is he asking? Is should he be asking stuff like how often do you vacuum or like whatever it needs? Yeah. Whatever he needs, you need to ask the questions to whatever you need to figure out to help you sell either to to know your product is a good fit for this customer or not. So because the goal isn't to sell the product, the goal is to find out if it's a fit. Absolutely. So and I'm so not that's going. Where okay. it takes that's the, the mindset yeah, yeah, change. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. I'm not going in there saying I want to sell you something. I've got to figure out if I've got a product that can bring value to you. Because if I if as a vacuum person, I say you know uh, I go into just pitching my product and I don't know you just got a curry vacuum cleaner a month ago, then I've just wasted your time and mine because I'm trying to pitch something. Ask questions to figure out if this person can be a fit. Because if you find a way that you got a great fit for that person and you go, I found something really great for you, um, we're gonna be able to probably save you some money in this arena and come back. There are times that I've done it and I said, you know what, you're in good hands. You know, um, I really can't figure out anything because I don't want to waste their time or mine. Well, and there's where a referral could come in too because Absolutely. it's like, man, this guy was actually really yeah, awesome. Yeah. He only took five to six minutes. Yes. He couldn't help me. But now, first of all, he verified that I'm in a good position. Yes. And second of all, he proved that he's legit. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice so, guy. Yeah. So, so ask questions to figure out by with your mindset, of, is your prospects actually a potential client for you? And be okay with if they've got it all handled and there's nothing you can really do with it of letting them know that. And then, like you said, ask for the referral after that. But when you're when you do it, when you approach sales in the way of figuring out if you provide something that can be of help for people, your genuine and honesty will come through. So start off by asking questions first and foremost. Do not, you know, spit fire out every single thing that you do and how it is, and let explain to them the process that you're about to do up front, so they know what's coming, so they can put their guard down. Got to get the wall down. Does that make sense? That. Yeah, no, you got it. Hopefully yeah, people can, that not in sales can, yeah, can, like can relate with no, something as well. Yeah. Um, we also had another question that was from your Facebook Live on the last episode that we didn't get to, get to that we wanted to bring up. Yes, there were so many excellent questions, and I love how people are truly engaging, and it sounds like people are really getting something out of your podcast, so I love that. Um, Alicia Craig McGee says, question for Heath, I know that throughout your life you've had lots of opportunities to gain leadership experience and learn lessons about leadership through sports, reading, friendships, other jobs, etc. However, how would you say that fatherhood and marriage have affected your views on leadership? So how have fatherhood 
and marriage affected your views specifically Ooh, on this leadership? Is a good question. I like it's only—I mean, you've only been a dad for ten months, so let's yeah. not try to act like but we're the dad of the year ever. But, but no, but marriage and stuff as well. She talked about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, let me tell you this. It, it, I honestly, he, he, this is going to be kind of weird, I think, because I don't know if it's quite answering it. Okay, um, we'll try it. W- what it is is, I believe that I was when I. I became ready for being a leader as a husband and as a father at the right time. And then I found you because I wasn't evolved yet to be able to handle that. So I don't know how much um, being married and a father has changed my leadership. It was that my leadership had already matured and grew in order to be able to be a good father and good husband. So the 25-year-old Heath and the, 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 the girls that I might have dated at 25 and 21 or so will could tell you a completely different Heath than what Jenny would know of Heath. So I believe that my evolution as a leader evolved. I like business Prepared you more so for yeah, marriage. At 24, 25 father. years old, I was, I was really getting really good and kind of in the middle of my, my really strong leadership in business. And what I realized was I didn't transfer that personally it was all business but i wasn't doing it personally so the things that i walked and i talked i did it business-wise but i turned to a different person personally and so what happened is is at 27 or so that clicked with me and then a year later i met you to become my wife so i don't know how much since being then has changed me yet Mm -hmm. as much as i believe i changed before i met you and i believe that's the only way i was able to get you and to be married with you is because I had evolved beforehand. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that makes yeah, that sense. Yeah, def- that definitely makes sense. I mean, it, does, it, it it's, yes. Right. Because, it's, yeah, people will tell me the person that you were yes. 10 years ago is very different. But And I think that a lot of people make that mistake of being one, having a certain type of integrity mm-hmm. in their business life and having a different type of integrity in their personal life. And, and that those worlds I, have to be consistent. Yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend tell me. That Heath, if you only treated me in this relationship the way you do your employees and the people you work with, things would be drastically different. That hit me so hard because I went, holy crap. I easily let my ego go at work to really help solve things. I easily didn't get emotional and would tactfully handle the situation to keep everybody's emotions in check. I didn't put people's back into a wall in business. I helped them lead it and find it themselves. Personally, I'd be like, you mad at me, so what? I don't care. Get over it. You know, which you know that's not me, personally, correct? No, that would not fly. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> but but, but that's the thing is what was happening was I wasn't evolving. I, I, all of my right, business right, skills right. were there, and there. So I believe, I don't know if it um, changed has changed my leadership as much as it was changed before the moment mm-hmm. came. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and... But if there was one little thing that I believe I am still not there yet, but I'm getting better that it's helped is patience. Patience is the worst. The the ten month old really, really makes you work on patience. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know if that answered the question or not. Yeah, I think and that's it, good info. But, I think it did. But it was I, yeah. I evolved really kind of ahead of time. And now I, I have a feel. I've only been married almost two years. Only yeah, had you're a baby doing for ten okay months at so, it so far. So <laughs> doing okay you. at it, yeah. So I believe in I, I believe Alicia that if I look up in five to ten years, I'm I'm going to be able to tell you something else that evolved, you know, leadership wise around the marriage and stuff. But I think this early on, 
I think I had just made such a massive shift that I'm still working on that it, it, it another something else hasn't evolved yet. So, in my I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I so, like it. It's a cause and effect kind of thing. Yeah. Where can we find you at, Jenny? At Jenny and Chondo on Instagram. Search Jenny and Chondo on Facebook. I don't know if my Twitter handle, what it's going to be, but search Jenny and Chondo. <laughs> yes. I'm out there everywhere. And my website, JennyandChondo.com. Jenny I just posted a new blog recently, and yep. hopefully I'm going to be posting more soon. Zach? Uh, you can find me at AppleZachintosh on Twitter and Instagram, I think. It's the same one. Yeah. 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 So Ed Heath Oaks at Ignorance on Fire as always. Hey, guys, leave us a rating and review. You know, shoot us some questions. SecondShotcast at gmail.com. We love y'all. Thank you, and see you next time. destination for premium talk radio.